I can't remember anything that happened in 2010. I also went to Disney World that year as an adult, and it was very fun. <laughs> with no with children. That, yep, with no with children. No, that yep, New York Post dude is mad at you. You're <laughs> yeah. the enemy. You started it. Mm-hmm. Nobody without children went there before you. I know. I started. Except no. for Michael Jackson. I'm sure he did. Oh, don't. Before he had kids. He didn't have to because he had his own ranch. <laughs> True. <laughs> Why else do you have a ranch? Do you think he gave kids ranch sauce? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Jesus juice. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> was, do you think ranch is his favorite dip? Yeah, he's like, do you want any Neverland ranch sauce with that? Is Hidden Valley a real place? <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's where Michael took the kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Shh. Welcome back, friends, to another season of a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. I'm full of stars. (laughs) (laughs) So we are starting a brand new season, season four. And uh, on this season, we are going to discuss different movies from our dumb decade. Joe... (laughs) Joe, let our listeners know more about this. It it dawned on me over the summer that we're ending a decade here. And mm-hmm. let's just start. We know that the next decade actually starts in 2021. No one really thinks that way. Don't add us nerds. Yeah. yeah. That's nerd talk. We don't care. You're a geek. Go back to your basement. Go back to your palindromes, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going 2010 to 2019 the way normal people do. And I thought I was trying to think of something that I don't haven't seen anybody do. Maybe we're just doing it before anybody else does. But we it's time to take a look back. And in the year 2000. <laughs> so we've picked uh five films. We didn't want to do 10. That's a lot of work. And we found an episode, uh, a different film to represent different years from the past decade, set in the distant past. So, yeah, or so made in the distant past, but set in a year of this decade. Speculative so, future films yeah. that look at a speculative future that happened between 2010 and 2020. So much like uh, Tommy Bartlett in his robot world. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin Dolls. Yes. Let's By see Tom. how people did at guessing the future. Yeah, and we have, you know, these films to varying degrees are trying to actually look at the future, and sometimes it's just, it happens to be then. And we have, we're kind of looking at, you know, which elements of these films did they did they kind of nail? We're also going to just use them to represent different trends from the last 10 years of film and different ways these capture it. And um, also in our last episode, the sixth one, we're going to pick a film uh, that looks ahead into the 2020s, and we're going to see if we can make some predictions and get them on the record. Yep. So that our children's children will know that we were right. They'll visit the National Archives and listen yes. to these podcasts. And They'll see look how. at our tweets first. <laughs> um, so one thing I think, we've said this before on previous seasons, but I think it's especially true 
for this season, you don't actually have to have seen the movie we're talking about because it's more of a launching off point to to more than just the film. Yeah, uh, we some of these movies after <laughs> our ill-advised picks and watching them, I actively don't want to talk about. Them. I I barely remember the movie, and I watched it last night. <laughs> I mean, too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So today's a prime example. Don't yes. watch this movie. Let I, us watch it for you. We are the heroes here. We you, we will give you the best, a better experience. You'll feel yes. like you saw it, but you didn't have to sit through two hours of it. So I know in the past we've talked about, uh, we're talking about 2010, the year we made contact. And uh, did, did you guys make contact before or after 2010 with the lady? Are you talking about V-cards? Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you make? Did, did they, 2010. Why are you wow. asking this? Because the name of the movie is 2010, the year we make contact. I mean, it was before. I'm not going to say the exact year, no, but it don't was before 2010. Year. Well, I don't know. You're asking really personal questions right yeah. out the gate. Well, welcome, listeners. <laughs> you don't have to have seen the movie. No one's going to. No one's going like, to. Pay for Patreon content if you give it away for free, Rob. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There's all right, 200 so can... hard sci-fi nerds saying, "Finally, someone's podcasting about 2010," <laughs> and you're making a virginity joke about it. All right, all right, all right. Strike from the record. The, this won't be the first time they'll be disappointed, though. <laughs> no. Or excuse me, that won't be the last time. So yes, 2010, the year we make contact. The sequel, everyone was clamoring for (laughs) yeah so the reason i picked this one for 2010 it's not because it says the year in the title although that's a big help Mm -hmm. Uh, easy one to find i just thought this this will help us later after we're done making fun of this movie just talking about the other most ill-advised sequels of all time and 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 i think several contenders are right here in this decade so um one thing i want to do as i as i am prone to do for all episodes I wrote a little recap, guys, of this movie, which I think is needed for both of you already. Yeah, so we should t- we should say, if you haven't seen 2001, you should pause this and go watch it, because I guess you do spoil that movie, and that movie is awesome, in my opinion, anyways. I don't know how much you really spoil it. Like, what do you spoil outside of what everyone knows? It, it is, I guess if you haven't watched it by now, you're... Yeah, I mean, no one's like, oh, okay. Hal's a bad guy? My like, my yeah, wife true. You're my right. wife has now seen 2010, but not 2001. Uh, but thankfully, 2010 gave that nice little previously on 2001. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it literally starts with that, like, text recap of what happened in 2001. Really slowly. Yeah, so this movie does a lot of things really slowly. Not, um, I, told, I told my wife, I'm like, so imagine that that, like, two-minute thing is two and a half hours long, but it's really beautiful and mind-bending. Yeah, yeah. So let's give us the sequel. So this takes place, obviously, nine years after 2001. Yes, nine years. And it has um, a great cast, actually. It's got Roy yes. Schneider. John Lithgow, Helen Mirren. It's got a poor man's Richard Dreyfus and Bob Balaban. Bob yeah. Balaban's rules. Uh, yeah, no, Elaine Bennis's, uh or no, that was not Elaine's boss. That was the TV exec from Seinfeld, right? Yes. Um, and uh, there's a voice by Candace Bergen in this movie too. Fun oh, fact: that's um, whose voice it was. I knew it sounded familiar. I yeah, to look it up. So here we go. Here's my best. I, I, before you get into it, okay. uh, Rob, did I thought maybe you would catch it, but. 
Um, did you notice who played uh, Dave's wife? No. Uh, she is Zoe and Emily Deschanel's mom. Oh, I, I saw the name, but it didn't ring a bell to me. Uh, Mary Jo Deschanel. Dave's wife. That, Fun her, fact. That's where they got the idea for she and him is yes. her and the ghost <laughs> robot. <guy. laughs> uh, okay, here we go. We follow our main character, Dr. Floyd, who's played by Roy Schneider, as the Soviet Union and U.S. go on a joint mission into space. All the while, there's an international there's international tension between the Soviet Union and the U.S., and there's this concern that the monolith from 2001 will crash into Jupiter's moon. So this joint crew arrives at Jupiter to explore some moons and find the original discovery from the original movie and reboot HAL 9000. Uh, and what we could go that, wrong? Yeah, and just, we learned just hold the, down the power button on all HAL. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> soak it in water. Try turning it off and on again. Yep, soak it in water. Uh, they put, put them in, in rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so HAL 9000, we learned, went evil in the previous film because it was taught to lie, and that conflicted with it, and it had a paranoid meltdown or something as computers are wont to do um just remember that when your iphone goes wrong it might be because you're making it do something it doesn't want to do only a poor carpenter blames his tools that's right all the while dave from the original movie comes back in ghost form to earth (laughs) (laughs) he has achieved kind of transient or translucence like he's everywhere and nowhere yeah (laughs) and he goes to talk to his wife and then say goodbye to his dying mom in a incredible scene where ghost dave grabs a brush and brushes her hair it's like something out of the movie ghost yes yeah or ghost dad ghost dave (laughs) (laughs) uh Back on Earth, a war breaks out between U.S. and the Soviet Union, so things have escalated. And and old Ghost Dave, now not only is he a ghost, but he changes ages a lot, gives Dr. Floyd a message that they have to leave in two days. Get to the chopper. Then they find out that there are millions of monoliths that are all around Jupiter, and they uh, want Hal to proceed with a launch that will kill Hal but save the humans. But Hal doesn't want to do this. Until Fair. they tell him the truth. Big hero moment for Hal. Well deserved. <laughs> As <laughs> Jupiter blows up and turns into another sun. Um, Hal is reunited with Ghost Dave. And he sends out a message that results in world peace for the <laughs> Soviet Union and the U.S. As they now live peacefully on Earth with two suns. The end. I refuse to rewind to <laughs> clarify this. So please okay. help me. Is the message that because this new star forms, they are so in, the U.S. And the human race is so inspired by it that they decide let's not fight anymore. Yes, that is essentially what happens. That yeah, even the message makes no sense to me. By the way, the me- the message is basically stay out of Europa. <laughs> yes. you can go anywhere else. And yeah. Yeah, the message is all these worlds are yours except for Europa. Attempt no landing there. Use them together. Here's a keyword. Except it's all caps like a baby yep. boomer sending an email. <laughs> <laughs> Use them in peace. So, you know, when a monolith tell you that, or I guess Ghost Dave and Hal told them that. So I have, it, it creates a habitable world, but they're not allowed to go there. Yeah. Maybe. So, I don't know. Guys, I have questions. Yes. Uh, first I, of we, all. We have answers. They're probably not going to be right, but um, we're going to give you them. 
Ghost Dave is can Ghost Dave only come out when Hal is rebooted? That's the only time we see him, right? <sighs> but why would he be tied in any way to Hal? Well, what does anything but about in the Ghost end, Dave but make in, any sense? But in the end, uh, Hal, I guess, his artificial intelligence, like he gets to hang out with Dave and be, uh, you know, an all-knowing force. Well, if, if okay, I did not expect actual answers. Okay. Um, second question: I ain't no scientist. No. Nope. But uh, if uh, Jupiter was just kind of gone, and there was a second sun, wouldn't that kind of f have up an, a lot have of stuff? An effect on stuff? Yeah. I think it was a petite star. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't have actually been a sun because things weren't orbiting around it. So I guess it's just a really bright star. Ooh, I just got Tyson Tuesdays, and I like it. Oh, and, and it is Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> but okay, but give us some fun stats about it, gun violence, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't it also implied that it's no longer ever dark on Earth? Um, that would I be awful. Yeah, I like I. Tatooine, it's dark on Tatooine, and they have two sons. Oh, I thought that the ending uh, Roy Scheider voiceover said something about now that there's always a second son. I'm like, that that would be awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. Look what it did to Al Pacino. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) That one took Ted to dig a little to figure that one out, I think. So those were my two big questions, along with why is this made? Why is it made is a is is a fantastic question that I don't know. I mean, outside of the the age old answer of money, I know Arthur C. Clarke uh, often had financial troubles because he would give his boyfriend tons of money for him to make movies, and there were, it was always a disaster. He was awful with money. I was gonna say because uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Arthur C. Clarke, in addition to being a renowned uh, science fiction author, was an inventor he was in the he was a knight he, he was in the royal air force he invented the concept of satellites mm-hmm. also started uh one of the uh the best conferences for college basketball play the <laughs> acc <sighs> he uh i only, my, my knowledge of him ceases from after like 2001 is made but i learned a lot about him from reading that book that came out a couple years ago Oh, the one about the making of 2001? Yeah, and I know he, he was always kind of in tax trouble in the country where he was living. Uh, Sri Lanka. He lived in Sri Lanka yeah, you know, yeah, for a while. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't even remember which one it was. And, do, you, uh, do you know why he had trouble? He was one of the first people to be extremely online. He was one of the first people to email in 1984. Yes. Yes, I found this out. So he, I think he was emailing with the the director Peter, Peter Himes, Himes. Yeah, and, yep. so, and a Nigerian prince. Yes, so <laughs> they were they were on dial up back in the eighties and being online even then bad for the brain. In California to Sri Lanka, I mean, it was a long long connection. Yeah, that is wild. I read that, which was fascinating. The funniest um, thing I think about this is that Kubrick like literally destroyed things to keep a sequel from being made, but then by the time this Joker came along, the director of Time Cop <laughs> wanted to make <laughs> wanted to make 2010. I guess Kubrick is like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I did, it has no effect on the legacy of 2001 whatsoever. I think I found something in the Wikipedia where Peter Hyam said, well, I wasn't going to do this without... Stanley Kubrick's blessing so I went to Kubrick and it wasn't so much his blessing as him going whatever I don't give a 
rat's ass. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are slagging this off. This movie was nominated for five Oscars. So uh, I've fun fact. Before we get into it, I this movie isn't terrible. No, it it's, isn't. It's fine. It's <laughs> it's dumb. It's I would watch it on cable. I don't know if I'd watch it twice on cable. <laughs> it is here's my review of the film. It has a lot of scenes shot wide with just people having boring conversations. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of people staring at computer screens a and lot then of we exposition. get to look at the computer screens. Yeah. We have a yeah, stuff, a lot of exposition, a lot of like dear Caroline. Yeah. Here's what's happening. <laughs> Here's, by the way, is what we're actually watching. Uh, it has, this is like a pet peeve of mine, it has a lot of space and spaceship porn. It reminded me of watching the first Star Trek movie where we watched the Enterprise for like 20 minutes. It's kind of um, cool, though. Ugh, I have, I have like no interest in that. It is a so, big turnoff for me. So well, I was just about to say is, that is this- Is too phallic for you? This it's was, just boring. This was kind of the era of- yeah. When hard sci-fi went kind of mainstream almost because mm-hmm. you had like this and Dune and the first Star Trek and none of them are really good. <laughs> Star Wars is a huge hit, obviously, which is I not said, hard I sci-fi. I said hard sci-fi. You yeah, I know, but at least it, open, it opens the doors to be like, oh, yeah. people like the space things. I think that people just saw Star Wars like, oh, this is our end. Let's make all these super nerdy projects. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, also, I would say my my final Star line Man. about this, <laughs> yeah, uh, Life Force. Uh, my final review of this is it's best watched at two x speed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is it. And what's weird is reading reading online. I went online like Arthur C. Clarke, and uh, it's kind of like the revisionism of this movie is like yeah, it's pretty good. You know, if you don't think of it from two thousand one, it's a solid movie, and I I don't think that's true at all. Uh, it's pretty it, impossible not to think of 2001. Like that's a and it's also a, a a BS thing to say to someone because how can you not? Yeah, I, it's sort of like somebody went in and looked at 2001. It's like, what if we read we did it again, but we had the characters explain everything to the audience while it was going on? Yes. Wouldn't that make 2001 better? Whereas that's what I like the most about 2001 is you leave it, and you're just like, I don't really know what just happened. I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but I know it was amazing. So well, I also, have I have written in my notes about this. These effects are actually pretty good until they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there are some some that work really well. Like there's some really good models and some really. It, I will say there is some pioneering CGI in this that I read about, like a lot of the planet stuff, but there's also a lot of really bad matte shots and. <laughs> Like when a million monoliths come out of that come out of Jupiter, <laughs> or or when that airbag goes off. <laughs> it's also, I mean, I know this is touching on 2001 a little bit, but I guess we almost have to. Like to me, the real achievement of 2001 is it took like a hard sci-fi, like almost a midnight movie, and if you do that with like a plus craft, what can happen? And so like it's a very 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 difficult thing to pull off, and so when it works, it's like wow that. That was really good, but when it doesn't work, it's really bad. It's just yeah, not, it's, you know, because these, these movies aren't held up by a good story. It's what happens when you have two geniuses, probably at their apex, versus the guy who did Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that makes a big difference. Um, 
especially when if it's like really difficult. Like that's a really difficult thing to pull it, off. It is also amazing how this movie looks way more dated than two thousand one. Like with the the equipment and just the home life and things like that. But that's it's, that's often just a hallmark of like a really well done movie and special effects is you can always go back to and be like, God, this still looks really good. No, that's what I'm saying. Like two thousand one a space odyssey got so much right. Yeah. And here we are, you know, what, 15 years later, and this movie looks worse. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Let's talk what, about some little things that we like. Let's okay. be positive. Okay. One, they have a little pool with pet dolphins. I do like yeah. the idea of a future with a dolphin pool. and pets. <laughs> yeah. Although that's extremely inhumane, regardless. So, well, it kind of looked like they could swim out to the ocean. At least that was what I thought. I couldn't totally tell, but I hope If you domesticate the them, aren't they fine then? Aren't they like, that's cool? Well, if you domesticate them, they still need more than a tank. I don't know. I'm sure people yeah, I don't think you can. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can get If dolphins. I domesticate a cat, I can't just shove it into a cage and be like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah but you, if, I don't like, think dolphins can be domesticated. In the year zero, and they're it's like, not with that domestic- <laughs> in the year zero, they're like, we're going to put this cat in this little 600-foot apartment and stay in it forever. People are like, don't do that to that cat. That's not very nice. I just thought it was funny how they were like, what if people could have the cruelty of SeaWorld in their own homes? <laughs> I've, there's a book I read where it was like, Dolphins had a big part. I think they were pets as well. It's like a, it's a real big dream thing, I guess, in the sci-fi world. They're wonderful creatures. <laughs> well, I'm not also, happy how we can't have six packs anymore because of them. <laughs> what you, you can, you can, you just have to cut it up. Oh, it's just harder to find six packs now with the little loose plastic that the dolphins always got their little noses stuck oh. in. Literally, I bought one today. I, th- I I think they make I think they just changed the law so you, those things are biodegradable now. Mm. Sorry, sorry to disappoint you. Uh, the other thing I think is so funny about this movie is that it is in, at this point in American history it is absolutely impossible for them to make a movie in any genre whatsoever without it being about the Cold War. It is yeah. hardcore Cold War. I mean, it and is. that's this that's what this movie is really about, right? The message of this movie is we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> it's about the friends we made along the way. You know, the friends, I will... The, the Russian Helen Mirren friend we made. It's weird that Helen Mirren plays a Russian, but she does it well. Yeah. I will say Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984, and I don't think that's about the Cold War. <laughs> Nor is Ghostbusters. <laughs> but most films are, including Police Academy. And that's another thing about 2001 is it's, it's it's a movie about humanity and its humanness, but it, it is utterly unmoor, untethered to earthly events from that, the cultural context in which it was made. And, and, and any there's just no way, I, I'm sure there's a way to read it politically, but it's not, it's, it transcends what's going on, right? And this movie is entirely about earthbound culture and events. There's yeah, no that's, transcendence whatsoever. That's true. Like 2001, you almost get the Star Trek vibe that we've kind of, you know, there's no more poverty or war or anything, and we're just going to go space exploring. But then in 2010, it's, you know, the we're going to fight the Sandinistas or something. Yeah. Also, like, outside of it being in the title, 2001 doesn't feel like a speculative future movie. Like, that takes place in 2001. Like, you're not watching that being like, oh, is this the future in 35 years? 
Whereas this is, as you're saying, like it is in 2010 and it makes it as someone watching in 2019. It's so it is very, very, very wrong in almost everything. So I, I, what I get from this movie is that the year in 1984, uh, Peter Hyams and uh, Arthur C. Clarke imagined that the year 2010 would be pretty much like 1984, or except with a hand sensor and dolphins. Those are like well, and going to space that way too, right? But I mean, back on Earth, those are like the only things that are different. Yeah, Dolphins. well, there's a video conferencing. There's also a uh, an ad for TWA to fly to space. Well, I think Not he means TWA, more just, just about, about the culture and politically that, like, the sort of the state of the world politically has not changed one way. Oh, iota. yeah, yeah, okay, yes, you're so, right. It so there, the there, there's this strange combination of optimism in the sense that the technology of 2010 is far beyond even what our technology is here in 2019 in terms of space travel. We couldn't get to Jupiter in a manned craft in two and a half no. years. Or space. was it two and a half years round trip or just one way? I thought it was like it was nine months trip. each way. So like yeah. 18 months total. It's so like, he wouldn't seem like a crappy dad. Well, the, he talks to his son <laughs> about being gone for two and a half years. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. how long he was going to be away from home. But but then also that, that we there's in no way could we rise above the sort of messy nonsense squabbles that we were mired in in 1984 and to some extent they're right we're just in different ones now well we're still saying just insanely ignorant things about central america that's true, true yeah but like it's it's crazy to me that uh soviet union and the u.s are often like big parts of uh of you know speculative future movies especially made in the cold war era but no one ever thought to think that the soviet union would be broken up like that was never a thing predicted. Yeah, they make too big, too good of a bad guy. Yeah, I guess. Or, or quite frankly, that Pan Am wouldn't last. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. all, it's always Pan Am in speculative future movies that people are flying, and it like died in like ninety one or whatever. So, could you guys think of any sequels that are more ill advised than this one? Like, there's been a lot of sequel attempts to for classic films. Um, some have worked, most don't. This one just seems like a profoundly bad idea to me, and I had trouble thinking of one that was dumber. I don't know if it's dumber. It's in the same camp of, well, if you totally divest yourself from the original, it's pretty good, but also impossible, which came out, I think, two years earlier as Psycho 2. Okay. Uh, I've I, I've only seen it once, and it was, a vi- it was probably 20... Psycho Five 2 very much feels like a De Palma movie. In oh, that I'm interested. It's honestly, it's it's enjoyable. I don't know. It's I mean, again, it's it, how do you divest the original, but also base characters and plot around the original? Well, that that leads into one of my. I made some rules for sequels. One rule is that you you can make a a, hor- a sequel to a horror movie anytime. It's fine. No one cares. I, I, like no one's I'm ever okay gonna get that. mad about. Like th- this sequel is just like kind of actively irritating and upsetting and hopeless. You know, if you make a bad horror sequel, it's first of all, it's possible for a horror. It's much more likely for a horror sequel to actually be good or perhaps even better than the original. Evil Dead Two is better than Evil Dead. 
honestly True. that, that might make some people mad but that uh that michael bay platinum dunes friday the 13th that came out like in 10 years ago probably better than almost all of the originals like those movies aren't good that one was kind of okay hmm. i know that's high praise but <laughs> <laughs> so horror movies go ahead have you ever been annoyed that that they rebooted or made a sequel to a horror film who cares doesn't matter yeah yeah i think i'll sign on for that that edict also right. i think the other, go ahead I, the other thing i was going to say is that 2010 like what's different like i'm trying to think of like bad sequel ideas like mean girls 2 but those are like movies that no one saw like 2010 was kind of a big deal yeah it was financially successful wasn't it yeah so i, I gotta think of like movies that you know that that actually matter can't just be like a cash grab where they did like Aladdin two Return of Jafar and you're like oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well that Aladdin was straight to video too. too wasn't it yeah exactly so I don't think straight okay to yeah video we don't count that my my other rule never make a sequel to a comedy yeah that's oh. not allowed yes is there that's never that's never been good right maybe I'll stand for a Naked Gun two and a half <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't seen it so uh, I'll take your word for it though it does. I can imagine a world where that's. I mean, some sequels are can be kind of funny, but okay, yeah, you're right. It's you're right. rare. But, yeah, I I prayed for death while watching Anchorman two. Oh, <laughs> it felt interminably long. Yeah, not not a good good idea. Or they made the Hangover two, and then are like, let's do a third one, as well. <laughs> and then if you think about it like most of the notoriously worst sequels are comedy like Caddyshack 2 which I sort of have a soft spot for I, <laughs> although I yeah. guess people like Meet the Fockers oh, I'm always terrible okay hate it but yeah like, it was a huge hit wasn't it oh it, it was I think at the time it was like one of the top 20 grossing movies ever or something like okay. that so we'll come back to, I'm glad you mentioned that we'll come back to that um action movies sure Make a ton. Um, I yeah. will. I will say, I would rather you reboot an action movie than uh, try to cram in aging stars. Hint, hint. Harrison Ford. Hint, hint. But Tom Cruise is high. He doesn't age because <laughs> of Zenu, so that's, a, <laughs> that's he's he's the he's the exception. He has I'm, no thetans. I'm talking about how. Harrison Ford is like 78 and they're still saying they're going to trot his bones out for Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. Do the what James are, what Bond else, what, do the James Bond thing. It works. I mean it doesn't always true. work, but but what are, your, what are, are the Mad Max thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um so I then I will say th- then where it gets most complicated is like the franchise thing and that's to some degree has become a uniquely like late 2000s 2010s thing where we just have these significantly broader like universes Mm -hmm. and that's where results vary and 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 it certainly is we're gonna get sick of it if we are not already and many people are but yeah we we are at a real we are at a real dark time right now for that i would say (sighs) or or at least we're real close to the dark time um, I know, I know we're going to talk about, uh, sequels, I mean, you know, and how this, this movie, just more about sequels, but if you look at the top films of 2019 so far, and to date us, we're mid-September, you have to go a long ways to find three original films in box office this year. 
I mean, you have to go, you could go Us, which is number seven. That's original. Then you could go to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I would give credit for being original at 14. It's not a, then, it's not an intellectual property. So yes, yes. it's, not, and it's then, not a temple. Like, uh, Good Boys, yeah. maybe, is number three. Right I'd now, say, I'd say f- that counts as original. Sure, yeah, definitely and that's does. three movies in the top thirty. Everything else is a sequel or built on another property. Yeah, and you know the new Star Wars movie is going to be number one on the list, probably, right? Yep. Yeah, I actually I thought I would, the upside well, would it be might not, one, it might not a, top Avengers. I guess it could end up. Uh, it won't top. It won't top Avengers. It nerds, not. nerds are still salty about the Last Jedi, so maybe not. Yeah, uh, they're doing their remake. Uh, but I thought the upside <laughs> was original, and that's a remake of like a French film, which I didn't know, nor did so, I know a whole lot about the upside. So can we see, it, we'll see what happens in the fall. Like, there's that um, shoot. I always forget the name. The James Gray Brad Pitt movie that looks cool, the science fiction one, which will be out, I think, by the time this comes Is out. Is that the space movie? Yeah, Ad Ad Astra. Yeah, that movie looks cool. James Gray is a I, I, a director I admire. I, I it's feel original, like the, so. I think the festival reviews have been pretty good. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just, um, I, I think obviously this topic to some degree has been done to death. So I, I don't know that the world needs three more like white guys whining about how everything is a sequel and everything is a intellectual property. But I think we should go back and look back on this decade and make fun of the worst sequel of the decade. No more Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man. <laughs> There's a good chance one of us could be a Spider-Man in one of these reboots. I, they're going to run out of white guys. <laughs> well, the Spider-Verse is coming back again. So it, if it's broader, it could be broad enough to... There needs to be a podcasting Spider-Man. Perfect. Yes. All right. He's quips. Worst sequels, worst sequels of the 20 teens. Of the decade. Yeah, the 20 teens. So we, we, we can, I think we should immediately eliminate uh, the... Like straight to video stuff doesn't count because there's obviously oh, some yeah. some disgraceful cash-ins in that realm. <laughs> Those yes. are funny and harmless. Who cares? Yeah, nothing you see at Redbox. We're like, oh, John Travolta made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so who wants to go first on this? So I, I have a little unique answer that I think is very keeping in the spirit of this question. Okay. In that they're not st- strictly sequels, but I think that the absolute worst is studios just randomly trying to revive intellectual property they have that not that even baby boomers are too old for. And <laughs> okay. I'm ta- so I'm talking about stuff like uh Tarzan and uh John Carter. <laughs> Um, okay. And also, Universal's wildly unsuccessful uh, MonsterVerse, <laughs> wherein they tried to do Wolfman with Benicio del Toro, <laughs> yeah, and they I tried don't to do they, all. they tried to do I the, remember that they yeah. tried to do the Mummy with Tom Cruise. Uh, they were trying to set that whole thing up. Uh, Russell Crowe was going to be Doctor Jekyll slash Hyde, and I'm to me. And I, I guess I would also throw in uh, the Alice in Wonderland movies. Yes, oh, yeah. Alice looking through the looking, looking glass was my, on the short list. Like even Tim Burton was like, "I'll produce it," but yeah, I'm, I don't even. I'm above directing this. Yeah, 
So I, I feel like that's my answer because like you said, the easy, there's so many bad sequels to pick from, but I'm just kind of fascinated by the studio executives that, you know what kids like, they like Tarzan. <laughs> okay. I okay. like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of cheat on mine a little bit. Oh, that's on brand. It's so fine. It's fine. I, I cheated technically. Yeah. So I remember when we were in, actually when we were in college, I think. Yeah, I was in college. The uh, a movie came out that had no right to be good and was delightfully fun. And I remember Duff and I talked about it, and we thought the same thing about it. And I'm talking about Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. That movie came out, and we were Is like, that the that first was one, the first one. Yeah, like, that's God, a fun that, movie. That was really fun. And I remember Duff pre lump cut saying. There's no reason a pirate movie should ever be over 100 minutes long. And which, little did he know. Little <laughs> did he know. That movie, that movie, which I like, I want to like more than I do because on rewatch, you realize it's 143 it's movies. It's 143 minutes long, okay? So then they made a sequel to it, which is three years later. That was 151 minutes long. Dead, and me- then, dead men tell long tales. <laughs> And then another sequel that was 168 <laughs> minutes long. And in the- longer than 2001, <laughs> a space odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 20, 2011 and in 2017, at this point, I don't know who's asking for these. They released two more uh, that clock in a little shorter at 137 and 129. So little did we know. Duff, when we were talking about that and you said pirate movies should not be more than 100 minutes, we would get five pirate movies following the same character for 728 minutes. Uh, and those movies, in fairness, I only saw the second one. Yeah, because I, I, I walked up after that. Because I walked out after that movie and I'm like, that was absolute nonsense. I have no idea what happened, but I know it was super long. And yeah. I've heard that they just get progressively worse. Yeah, I mean, according to, like, the, I think the Rotten Tomatoes, they just drop from, like, you know, 90s to, like, 30s. Yeah, I've watched parts of some of the other ones, and I couldn't make it more than, like, a half hour in. And that's that's one of those, like, why is, why, why, why is this still happening? I get it's a franchise, and there's plenty of franchises that I love, including Mission Impossible, that had a couple real bad spots and rebounded to be really good. I hold... Johnny Depp personally responsible for us not getting a Master and Commander sequel. <laughs> he, he sucked up all the sound studio sound stages that could do shit movies, and that's why we only got one Master. So and Commander. I don't know if that's true, but I'm with you because Master Commander owned. Yeah, that's that's we midnight, made, I, midnight I said it. Proof. It's true. Yeah, we're, it's we're, canon. Get it out into the aggregate articles. <laughs> yep. I broke the story. It's there. It's is happening. It, is that that mo- movie's is- also shorter than most of the pirate movies. Is that any wilder than any of the actual Johnny Depp stories that were in that Vanity Fair article about a year ago? That's true. About how he's just his brain is broken and everyone's fleecing him. That Johnny Depp his, is his actually his blood at any given second has eight ounces of cocaine in it. Yeah, and he he hasn't seen the sun in fifteen years. Johnny Depp is just Michael Jackson with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson's kind still alive of. in Johnny Depp's body. Ah, uh, there's. I can't push back too hard against that. <laughs> Joe, what do you have? 
I had a lot of trouble with this. Uh, I sequels that I really hate is, are the ones that come like 15 years later, mm-hmm. where a movie was really good, and then for a long time people are like, "Oh, that one that was pretty awesome," and then in a, 15 years later they come oh, out. Bring it I know back. what you're doing here. I know what you're doing here. Uh, well, there's a lot of options, so I don't know okay. if you, is if it you, Tron. You, is it Jurassic World? <laughs> I've heard the Tron Legacy movie is actually good, but um, take your word on that. Is it Jurassic Dr- World? Actually, the third Jurassic World. The what's the third one in the new uh, third booted thing? Jurassic the, World: Fallen Kingdom. The third is, one is out yet. No, the Fallen Kingdom is well. Okay, you're Fallen right, Kingdom second. is you're the right, second. You're right, second. One. Okay, I'm just I'm thinking. Okay, my brain is all messed up. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom significantly worse than Jurassic World. One of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. But I, I but that's not exactly what I mean. I, I and a good example, but I couldn't pick this because I. Well, okay, I'm about to break you my do own pick because my actual you pick, pick I didn't do see it. Either. Do it, Joe. Do it. Okay, best a good example of what I'm talking about that actually made a lot of made a decent amount of money, so people might know what I'm talking about. My big fret. Greek Wedding 2 is a great example of this. Like the first movie, I never saw the first one either, but people liked it. Really successful. and Most successful independent film ever, right? And 14 years later, they're like, let's do it again. Yeah. It just, I find that's just so bizarre. Another example of that would be Bad Santa 2. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's 13 years later. It's always weird when there's a movie that isn't really a franchise movie to begin with and then just randomly the studio execs will start looking at their ips and be like oh what about this bad santa 2 i also feel i also feel like anchorman 2 was a little of that because for so long so many nerds are like there should be another anchorman there should be another anchorman and then it came out and it sucked and i feel like i feel like you know it's a are you not entertained this is not is this not what you wanted yeah, it, and I'm afraid they're going to do the same thing to Step Brothers. Like, in the meantime, the people that made Anchorman made other really funny movies. So it's not like their the careers were floundering and were like, go back, play the hit again. They're already giving us good content. And then we all, a bunch of morons, begged them to make another Anchorman, and it wasted their time with that nonsense. Yeah. Idiotic. Um, my... Uh, Another choice was uh, a nominee was a movie I forgot existed, but just reading the name made me laugh a lot. Was Little Fockers? Because <laughs> Rob yeah, mentioned me the third one, right? I think the third and final. Okay, as of yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my my pick for this the thing the sequel that makes me laugh the hardest is Atlas Shrugged Two, <laughs> which was a planned trilogy and. I think it is absolutely so funny that the Ayn Rand uh, sequel movie, uh, you know what? Free market, bitch. No one wanted to see it. <laughs> Didn't they? And then the, you know, the chef's kiss is they ran a Kickstarter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yep. And then the third one, I don't, I if it ever did come out, it came out like straight to video or straight it, to on demand or something like that. I don't it, even you'll find think- it at Redbox. I don't even know if they had enough money to get it on like stars or something like that. <laughs> well, you can buy the box set of all three parts. Um, the box set on Amazon presently is $10.98 on DVD. Does it come with Rand Paul's racist newsletter? <laughs> <laughs> He's stuffing the boxes himself. Oh, uh, I mean, back to like 2010, 
the thing I will say about it is more than I thought it would be when this was chosen. It is a really good example of most sequels, right? In that it doesn't really have any reason to exist, but mm-hmm. it includes a lot of talent. Yep. It uh, ultimately is forgettable, which, I mean, there's a huge asterisk. There's plenty of sequels that we really like, obviously. But uh, also I would say for 2010 The Year We Make Contact, this movie is for fanboys, right? Like, you don't you don't go see this movie without having, like being a fan of 2001 no it's yeah you're right it's you yeah. you, can, you can't go you know it's not like you can go see fury road without ever having seen a mad max movie and and it's not like we like the cast a lot the really talented performers but no one in 1984 or whatever is like let's go see the new roy scheider movie yeah yeah so it's sort of i don't know kind of kind of like on paper you're like oh yeah this will this will be good and you're like oh nah I mean, not paper, we wouldn't, but the studio would. The sequel also does something that I think is a hallmark of, if not bad, then unnecessary sequels or remakes, and that it answers questions that you didn't really need answered. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. So we're running out of time here, but last couple things. Uh, Are the the piggies going to keep getting their slop? Are we going to (laughs) keep fading the piggies, their sequels, and their their franchises and stuff do will we reach critical mass next decade honestly it's the only thing keeping multiplexes alive yeah i don't see it going away but we also we have the we have only a handful of media companies and you know there's no reason i mean what's what's unfortunate is the only risk taking often is like oh look at thor ragnarok is isn't it wild compared to most superhero movies? And it's like, yeah, I guess compared to most superhero movies. But yeah, they let the Devo guy movie. do the music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's still a superhero movie. Like you can o- you can only get a little bit different. Yeah. Um, uh, Disney so, ain't taking risks with $180 million before marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, you would hope, you know, for a while you kind of had these smaller studios that were offshoots that you could kind of do riskier stuff. But that seems to be... That seems to not be happening as much, but but I will say what does still have the thing that could change it is I wonder if we have like another rise of like a tours because because like I mentioned the top movies from 2019 that were original and like Jordan Peele and Quentin Tarantino like there are still these directors that write and direct their own films that that can can draw an audience and and I wonder if that's kind of what eventually makes a change on this. Yeah, they could. There could be just a, like sort of nineteen sixties style bloat from Disney and Sony, and yep. that might be what. And then you know, then we see some lean years, and then it rises like the phoenix again. I don't know. Yeah. That's that seems to be probably the most apt comparison. After Doctor Doolittle Eight comes out, starring Tim <laughs> Allen, <laughs> and the eighties looked kind of, kind of looked pretty bleak too, and then the nineties had some pretty great movies, especially in the second half of it. So I mean, I don't and, know. I think, much like the the, 80s. I think the positive spin is to look at what studios like A24 are doing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I don't even know that there's really like fewer good movies being made. It's just harder to see them in the movie theater. They're, they're just kind of boxed out. They, they don't Studios don't put muscle behind movies for adults anymore. Yeah. The streaming services do. You know, that stuff just... Well, Netflix movies mostly suck, but Amazon, as much as I hate the company, they're... they're Content, video content side, they they actually put out some pretty great stuff. Except movie, except for when they're just throwing a bunch of money at Woody Allen. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, Scarlett Johansson said he's fine. So yeah. <laughs> okay. No, then but I I agree. I think TV is doing a much better job of catering to adults. Yeah, and even and even funding movies, movies. You know, I I don't mean just like the TV shows they make. You know, no, they like did the, uh the... they did the Big Sick, which is great. Yeah, and uh, First Reformed. Oh was, yeah, uh, and Amazon yeah. distributed that too. And and that said, to like to be clear, we're we're also part of the problem. I saw Lion King in the theater. I saw Toy Story four. I saw Aladdin. I, I mean, I you like do John have a Wick kid. Three. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, but still, the, it's like, always been like that with kids' movies. There's always been tons of sequels with kids' movies. Look, I need... went. I went to go see Midsummer at uh, an Alamo Draft House. So I'm I'm doing my part. <laughs> you did. Oh, thank you for your service. All right. Yes. Last little fun question, and then we'll preview our next episode. What will nostalgia resurrect in the 2020s? Ah, oh, Jesus. So I I actually thought this was funny from our emails today. I do think that bringing back. TGIF favorite dinosaurs is <laughs> I honestly think it's going to happen it's not not out of the question at all <laughs> but that show is actually good so or maybe not completely but the finale was good I mean the real decade we got to look at for this is the 90s that's the decade it's going to it's we're going to be the people they're going to be appealing to Sa- saved by the bell 80s nostalgia is kind of already had critical mass I think Stranger Things was the peak, and now yeah. we've kind of run out. You think 90s? No, 80s. Yeah. Oh, 80s, yes. Yeah, now so now. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's already been some 90s stuff that they've done the reboot. reboot tri- we can't. We already got the Baywatch. Yeah. But was even 21, like. Was Tony on Jump Street a 90s thing, or is that no, 90s? That was, 80s? Yeah. But okay. even like, uh, you know, I, have, I, I haven't seen it, but I know people loved it, but like Captain Marvel really leans into the 90s hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is but, fine. I mean, it's it's fine. I, it's just that's but I just hap- mean like sort of an next. intellectual property from the '90s that they'll, oh, that they'll bring okay. back. I feel, I feel like they're gonna try to reboot uh, Clueless. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, bet. That would on, make sense. I'm gonna bet on that. Watch for it. Okay, and Paul Rudd could still play the same character at the same age. Yes. <laughs> uh, I th- I bet we will have a reboot of Wayne's World. Oh, and a man. gritty television show for the Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project one I could see happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne's yeah. World, I don't know because try to explain the concept of public access to anyone under thirty. They're YouTubers, YouTubers, bro. YouTubers. Yeah, but I mean, dang but... it, we 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 should we just we single handedly <laughs> brought it back. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely good. Can you imagine just how I love Wayne's World and the very idea of it being rebooted with like. Timothy Chalamet as a YouTuber is just actively making me angry. <laughs> That's why I chose it. That's why I chose it. <laughs> I, I can't gonna, stop but they that. already announced a Home Alone remake, right? They did? Uh, wasn't it going to be a show or something? Okay. So I, these I, kids lie, gets left alone every week? Every week, man, and all the crazy things happen. Uh, yeah, the Disney's plan to remake the iconic holiday movie Home Alone. <sighs> There's cell phones now. Yeah, well, there's nest alarms. <laughs> <laughs> They'll find a way. All right, let's talk about... Well, actually, I shouldn't say next week because we're going to go every two weeks for this season. Uh, all right, what are we talking about next week? 2012, baby. <laughs> I just I like picked how... movies with a year. Yeah. No, then we're going to we do 2014. We got really clever with our choices. <laughs> I wanted to just talk about a big, dumb, like, uh, big, dumb action movie. We got to get one in. Not that this is the only one. But uh, I thought that that's a good uh, segue. We'll, we'll talk 2012, and then we'll talk about 
Uh, we can j- laugh about the 2012 Mayan calendar thing, mm-hmm. and which I th- which was just legitimately like kind of cultural phenomenon in the first couple the years Mayans, of the decade, yeah. right? And then we could you know that didn't happen. Disappointing. <laughs> we could talk about our other biggest disappointments of the decade too. We can talk. You guys about- fired up for John Cusack to be a hero again? I think I'm the only one who's seen this before we talk about this. Or watch Are we it making for... a good choice? As I remember, it's a lot of dumb fun. All it's, right. It's what you said. It's a big, dumb, loud movie, but it knows it's that, so it's fun. All right. John Cusack goes off-roading through L.A. while it's collapsing in a limousine. <laughs> Man, sounds like he'd be better off dead. Oh, oh boy. Ha, <laughs> ha. Rob, tell tell about all the nonsense. How else can you listen to us? How can you yell at us? Yes, yes. So, uh, as Joe says, in two weeks we'll release a new episode of the season. Uh, you might be saying, hey, man, that's not cool. What about my content? Well, we have your content handled because... I got your also- content right here. Right here. <laughs> in high fidelity. Uh, we'll say anything. Uh- <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> we... Uh- we have another project going on, if you haven't already heard, called Forrest Gump Minute. We're going through Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. If you're into that, check it out. If not, that's fine. We're still doing If you're this. into that type of thing. <laughs> if you're into it. Uh, also, for a free podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at A Free Podcast. We have a listeners group also on Facebook that you can find at afreepodcast.com slash freeloaders. And exciting announcements i.e. Rob convinced his friends of yet another thing. Um, we have a Patreon. And if you're interested in supporting us, you could go to patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys, and you will find that we have a few different tiers. Should we discuss the tiers? Sure. All right. Yeah. Tier number one. I don't for- understand the second one at all, so you'll have to explain <laughs> that to me too. For uh, For $2 a month, you can support us, and we will once a month, only on Patreon, release a monthly podcast that I'm calling a paid podcast, <laughs> and we'll talk about whatever, Midnight whatever Boys we After want. Dark, whatever we want, uncensored. Can, yeah, is it going to be uncensored? Uncensored, unedited, Maybe yes. whatever we want. Maybe Put the be, kids to bed. Maybe yep. there'll be guests. There might be guests. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Oh, uh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if you'd like to pay a little more to help us out, you could pay $10 a month, and you Don't would understand. get access, obviously, to a paid podcast, but you would also, every month from each of us, receive a selfie. I don't get that. Why Rob, would anyone want that? Rob is pimping hey, here's, us. Here's why. You do it for the whole year, get a selfie from each of us for the whole year, now you can make a calendar. Can we? It seems like a steep step up from two to ten dollars, <laughs> and the only thing more you get are three digital photos. Listen, this is just chatterbait prices. <laughs> Chat roulette. We we may revisit this. I I will say that I I my plan on sending my selfie to Duff and having him do funny things in Photoshop. <laughs> now finally, that might make it a little worthwhile. Now finally, we could theme it up, man. Every every month, think of a different theme. Put a little costume on. This one is insane. Yeah. Fifty dollar one that 
<laughs> Listen, this is the whole thing. No one thinks anyone will do any of these. Uh, for $50, which we would expect you to only do one time, uh, you could pay $50, and you can choose a movie that we will talk about on a free podcast. So special bonus episode on uh, you know whatever film you want us to talk about. And as well, you also receive a selfie from each of us and access to a paid podcast. You know what that list of pat- patrons is going to look like? Gross what? point blank. <laughs> <laughs> so two things about this $50 tier. Number yeah. one, don't do that. Give that money to the ACLU or Planned Parenthood <laughs> or something. The Humane Society. Um, two, if by some chance you do that, I think that there we need to come up with a veto list because some joker out there is going to have us watch like centip- Human Centipede or Serbian oh. film or <laughs> something like that. So I, there need to be some parameters. I'll I mean, do a I, lot for fifty dollars, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm pretty open to most movies, but I'm going to draw the line at some things. I'm not going well, we'll to refund their money if well, well, I can't wait to send my them. Human Centipede selfie at ten dollars. Oh, <laughs> what's God. that? What's that Italian like? prison movie with uh salo was that it some ju- someone's gonna do that i know the italian blowjob uh, it's not a movie <laughs> that, that i know of i'm not i'm not bleeping that <sighs> so well, yes y- y- you know what this whole segment reminded me of the grifters <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for all that patreon money to be rolling in it's gonna be amazing, guys. I can just I can see it. We're gonna make Once, we're gonna make two dollars, and it's gonna be from Rob. It's it's gonna be I'm a gonna, list of eight men out of money. <laughs> that was a good oh. one. Actually. Oh man, Duff liked it. That was, but Jesus. <laughs> All right, we'll see you soon. Yes. Wrap it up.